SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 tonight. A quick football update for you. Banyana Banyana in action in the African Women's uh, Championship. It is nil-nil. That's with uh, just under 20 minutes left to play. And uh, just looking at an injury concern for Janine Finikak. So not looking uh, good at the moment. But we'll keep you updated throughout the show. Uh, it's a must-win game for Banyana after they drew their first one. One. Van Veek, rather, Janine Van Veek, my apologies. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we are going to be chatting cricket and lots of it. Uh, it's the big story of the day. And if you have any doubts that South African cricket is in good hands, boy, have we got an interview for you tonight. Uh, it's a name that, uh, if you haven't heard of him yet... Listen up, you are going to hear lots of this name over the years to come. He's a bright, shining star for South African cricket. We're going to chat to Vian Mulder. We'll also unpack and look ahead to this weekend's test between South Africa and Wales. Craig Ray will be joining us. We've also got some news from the Bafana Bafana camp. But let's start with that cricket news. Proches captain Faf Duplessis has been fined his entire match fee, but he has been cleared to play in the third and final test against Australia, which gets underway on Thursday in Adelaide. Duplessis was found guilty of a level two offence for ball tampering. and Match referee Andy Pycroft decided that a fine after a three-hour hearing was sufficient. Proches coach Russell Domingo says the ball tampering sideshow hasn't been ideal preparations for the test. We've had a wonderful tour here. We've, it's, it's been great. We've played great cricket and we've had long discussions and our focus now is purely on cricket. Um, whatever happens today, our focus is entirely on the cricket test matches coming here. It hasn't been ideal preparation. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'd be lying if I said it's been spectacular preparation, but um, our focus as from now is totally on the cricket starting in two days time. Domingo says it's been a hard week for Duplessis. Hey, he's a tough man, Fuff. Look, it's never... It's never um, Pleasant when, when everybody's got an opinion on you and, and people have judged you before um, rulings have been made or decisions have been made and people, I suppose that's the nature of the, of, of the world at the moment. Everybody's got an opinion and can air their opinion. And when you're constantly seeing yourself, I suppose, in newspapers and things written about you, it, I suppose it does weigh you down at times. But he's a tough man, he's a resilient man, and the, and the team's really um, supported him. Domingo says the team are looking forward uh, to the opportunity of having uh, or whitewashing the Australians uh, this week. And there's been lots of controversy besides uh, the ball tampering allegations. There's also been lots written and said in the Australian media about the price at the concession stands. I'm excited about it. I know our players can't wait. It's one of the iconic stadiums in the world we're playing at. I've heard uh, a deal costing $9.30. I know there's a bit of controversy about the pies price as well. So there's there's all sorts of stuff happening around this test match at the moment. Forget about fuff. This pies are damn expensive. That's it. $9.30 for a beer, $5.60 for a pie. A beer and a pie is going to cost you 150 bucks in Adelaide this week. On to some uh, football news. The PSL have postponed three of Mamelodi Sundowns' fixtures between the 5th and the 21st of December. That while they compete at the FIFA Club World Cup in Japan. The league fixtures against Bidvest, Vit Supersports United and Orlando Pirates will all be rescheduled and announced at a later date. And speaking of Sundowns, they've dominated the CAF Award nominations for the African Player of the Year based in Africa. Out of the five nominees, four of them ply their trade with the Brazilians. Karma Billiet, Keegan Dolly, Shlompo Kekana and Dennis Nyong'o were all nominated. The only non-sundowns play in the running is T.P. Mazembe's Rainford Kalaba. 
Speaking of Kekana, that nomination comes just a day after his spectacular long-range goal against Cameroon was nominated for FIFA's Pushkas Award. Kekana says it's a huge honour. Uh, firstly, I must say I'm very proud of myself. Uh, you know, uh, it's something that doesn't happen often. You have know, to see African players being nominated by FIFA. Uh, it's a special moment, uh, not only for me, but uh, all, the whole of South Africa. And uh, I hope and I believe that South Africans are always uh, they are, they are proud wherever they are. Looking at uh, football action taking place tonight, three matches in the AFSA Premiership. Cape Town City up against Maritzburg United. Ajax Cape Town are away to Platinum Stars, while Orlando Pirates travel to Port Elizabeth to play Chipper United. Other domestic football news, former Mamelodi Sundowns man surprise Muridi has joined Highlands Park that until the end of the season. There's also a host of UEFA Champions League matches uh, tonight. The pick of the fixtures sees Monaco host Tottenham Hotspur, English champions Leicester welcome Bruges, CSKA Moscow come up against Bayer Leverkusen and Real Madrid are away to Sporting CP. South Africa's Moto3 world champion Brad Binder has had successful surgery on his left arm. That following a crash during testing in Valencia. And finally, in some tennis news, uh, Irene Country Club in Centurion was announced today as the host of South Africa's Euro Africa Davis Cup Group 2 first round tie against Estonia. That one taking place between the 3rd and the 5th of February next year. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, uh, the future of South African cricket looking very bright. We chat to Vian Mulder. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And with all the drama that's been going on in Australia around the Proteus camp, uh, there hasn't been much of a spotlight on domestic cricket uh, over the last few weeks and months. But uh, it's been carrying on. There's been a, a whole bunch of Sunfoil Series matches. We're into the Cricket South Africa T20 Challenge as well. And there's been one player whose name's been popping up on the scorecards throughout uh, this part of the season that has been sticking out like a sore thumb. And he is very, very young and uh, has got a pretty cool story to share as well. Vian Mulder joins us now from the Bizarre Highfoot Lions. Uh, Vian, welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you very much for having me, Brad. It's, uh, it's really awesome to speak to you guys again. Vian, before we chat cricket, I'm going to get the formalities out of the way because you're in the middle of matric finals and you write your last one tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough tough time for me. Um, but it's something I, I had to do. I mean, it's a dream come true for any any youngster, any schoolboy to play franchise cricket. And um, I've had the opportunity in the last two months, and I, I'll take it with both hands. And even if it means I have to put a little extra time in with the studies, it's, it's all worth it, and it's something I'll never change. Vian, I mean, that's incredible. I, I, I recall my, my sort of time in matric where you are now, and it was it was just so much pressure with matric finals. And, and as you say, you've, you've been handed your first-class debut uh, at the beginning of October, and boy, have you taken it with two hands. Uh, I mean, looking at your, your bowling figures, uh, not, not half shabby if you look at what you've done over the, the four matches that you have played. I think you've picked up uh, 18 wickets in those four matches. You've scored 100 as well, so a pretty good start, I'd say. Yeah, it's a, it's a dream come true, to be honest. Um, it's, everyone always says it's, it's a dream come true, but if you're actually, you're actually doing it, it's, it's almost like unreal. Um, I've been fortunate enough to get the opportunity to play and to bat and bowl, and I've, I've been lucky. I've, been, I've grabbed it with both hands and um, score 100 and take a fifer in, in uh, my first three or four games. is really special, and, and I, really, I, couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have dreamed to have such a good start. 
Well, Vian, for those who've, who've been following your, your career, you haven't literally just burst onto the scene. You, you might have burst on from a, a first-class cricket perspective, but you've been playing throughout the junior ranks. You've, you've represented South Africa at under-19 level. You actually captained that team as well. And uh, at the, the recent CSA uh, Awards, you, you pretty much cleaned up. You won pretty much everything there was to win as far as under-19 and, and a schoolboy cricketer could win. So you, you've been around for a while. You're a genuine out-and-out all-rounder. Do you, do you feel the pressure, particularly as we go sort of deep into to the senior crickets, uh, South Africa haven't produced a, 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 a world-class all-rounder and the likes of, of a, a Jacques Callis for a while. Do you do you feel the pressure? People are looking at you thinking, hey, maybe he's our guy? Um, well, the, the word of mouth goes a long way and people are saying things like that. But for me, it's it's just about playing and performing week in, week out. Like, no one can say anything unless you perform. And at the moment, it's, it's all good things. So I'm performing. So people have a lot to say. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a dream to be anything close to world class all round. And at the moment, I'm still learning my trade, as um, Gordon Parsons says. Um, so hopefully, I can hopefully I can step up and be the next Dark Callis in a way. But um, yeah, I just want to do my best at the moment and just keep on playing, keep on putting the performances out on the field, and keep on representing the Lions and South Africa with the most pride I can. And as much as I say the next Shark Callis, we want you to be the first Vian Mulder and, and we want you to, to, yeah. to carve your own niche. But we're pretty excited. It's uh, It's been a while since we've had someone of, of your sort of caliber come onto the scene. Let, let's talk about who, who's been some of the, the, the sort of role players in your career. Who, who do you think has, has really helped you along the way and, and guided you and, and, and sort of nurtured the talent that you've obviously got? Well, um, I think it all, it all started at, at high school. Um, a guy like Mr. Vim Youngson, I don't know if you, you know him or many people know him, but he's a sports di- a cricket director at, at Saints, at Cincinnati, and he's really given me the opportunity to play first in cricket at a very young age, firstly, and um, he's put my name out there to play provincial cricket and um, yeah, to just keep on performing. Um, a guy like Mr. Mr. Stringer, he's Mr. Peter Stringer, many cricketers out there will know him, and um, he's had a massive influence on many, many people, many cricketers lives over the years and their careers um, he's literally set out my path for me he's, he always, he's always there for me when I need when I need it most I need to get bored and I just need someone to speak to when it comes to cricket um, he's one of the probably the best brains around when it comes to cricket he's been around for a very long time um, so he's always been there for me and I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me um, and obviously my dad and some of my very close friends have always They've always been there and always helped me when I needed it most. Um, and uh, to be honest, as an all-rounder, uh, you're always involved in the game. And w- w- without the teams that you play in, if you play in not-so-great teams, you're never going to get to the top. But I've been privileged enough to, be, to at Saints, play with some serious, seriously good cricketers, as well as provincial, um, as well as South African and 19. And um, the guys at the Lions at the moment, they just support me wherever I go, whatever I do. I mean, in the last T20 game, um, I managed to bowl the last over, and a guy like Huddersfield you Adam Pengiso, um, Nicky van der Berg, they were just all there supporting me the whole time and making me believe in myself, even when the odds were against me. So, um, yeah, those are the people who's pushing me at the moment and driving me and who's helping me out wherever I need it. 
Vian, I'm glad you brought up the Lions because I, I wanted to just touch on it too. There's obviously something happening at Lions cricket if you look at the, the sort of caliber of young cricketers that they're pushing through. And, and I think of the likes of, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of the guys that, that played in that last T20. But if you look at the national team setup, you look at a guy like Quinton de Kock, you look at a guy like Kahisa Rabada, who've, who've come through the ranks of, of, of Lions cricket and, and have been nurtured and, and pushed to, ex, to excel. And, and, and I think you're in a, in a great place. I mean, Jeff Triana and, and his old management team must be doing something, something really good there yeah no the, the Lions they, they always give the youngsters and up and coming guys they give them a chance to play like they did with Quentin only 18 years old like they did with Akisha only 18 years old like they did with me um, they give the youngsters a chance to play and express themselves and they literally put no pressure on them they they don't say go in and open the batting for example if it's not your role if that's your role then they obviously do that but they try and give you as much freedom as they can and support as they can and I think that's why the youngsters who's come through the ranks and played for the Lions have put up their hand because it's no unnecessary pressure pressure from anyone. They just back them and the whole team believes in them and no one no one runs them down. Everyone just believes in them and I think that's why um, giving the youngsters opportunity at this stage with the Lions, um, other than uh, maybe the other franchises don't give the youngsters as much chance, but the Lions have definitely done that and I think that's why um, they made, made the step up so quickly because at a young age, you learn so quickly. You learn um, because you, as much as you play at a 19 level, it's not quite as good as the franchise cricket. And um, the sooner you're getting there, I think the, the sooner you learn and uh, you improve very, very quickly. Yeah, you, you mentioned some of the, the players that you've been lucky enough to play against and with so far in your career. But let, let's talk about the T20 challenge that's underway at the moment and, and some, some really world-class international players. And I think of the likes of, of Karen Pollard. I think of the likes of, of, of Kevin Peterson. It, it must be a great opportunity for you, someone who's grown up watching these guys play. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a chance to play with them and against them. Yeah, um, I think many of our franchise cricketers are also very, very underrated. A guy like Robbie Freiling. Um, who's done the job year in, year out, and he's been a serious cricketer for a long time. But a guy like Paul Lard who played against him um, just two days ago. Um, I have never seen anyone hit the ball as hard as he, <laughs> as he does. And he's got as much skill with the ball. He um, hasn't necessarily bowled 150 kilometers an hour, but just the way he can control the game is unbelievable. And, I mean, that, those are the, the people you learn from. And, um, yeah, there's so many international cricketers or cricketers who have played international cricket I'm playing against at the moment and um, I've had a, a, a tough start to the T20 um, I've, I haven't done as well as I would have liked to but like um, everyone says they're always going to target the youngster and then um, the sooner you start learning and take the opportunities and um, just start focusing and figuring out a game plan that works for you the sooner you can start being seen as a good franchise cricketer so I've still got a lot to learn and it's been, it's been really amazing playing against a guy like Fahanda Dean, Kyle and Pollard, Heiner Kuhn, um, that's just a few of many. Um, so he's taught me a lot in the last three or four games. Well, Vian, I love watching you play, and I think uh, this is just the start of what's going to be an incredible career, and, and I can't wait to see you just grow and, and evolve into, into the cricketer you're going to become. So thanks for your time tonight. Best of luck for your exam tomorrow. Get back to the books, and we look forward to seeing you out in the pitch, uh, out in the middle very, very soon again. Thank you very much. All the best there. You stop that. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za.
The Security and Justice Select Committee invites stakeholders and interested persons to make written submissions on the Justice Administered Fund Bill. The bill provides for the establishment of a Justice Administered Fund to regulate for management control investment and utilization of money in the fund and the bill is part of the transformation plan for the third party fund. Send submissions to gdixon at parliament.gov.za by the 25th of November. For more information or for copies of the bill, contact Mr. Dixon on 021-403-3771 or visit www.parliament.gov.za. Inputs can also be sent by post or fax. This message is brought to you by the Parliament of RSA. Be part of this summer's hottest conversations on 104 to 107. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, as you heard at the top of the show, the Cricket World has uh, been digesting the news that Proteus captain Faf Duplessis has been found guilty of ball tampering during the second test against Australia in Hobart. Many are still divided on the issue and some would argue that the International Cricket Council has missed out on the opportunity to clarify or change a somewhat ambiguous rule in world cricket. Samantha Mari compiled this report. In a hearing that lasted more than three hours at the Adelaide Oval, the Proteus skipper was found guilty of breaching the ICC's code of conduct with regard to polishing the ball with an artificial substance. Duplicy was fined 100% of his match fee and given demerit points but avoided suspension on a technicality. The ICC changed their code of conduct in September this year, meaning that this had to be viewed as the South Africans' first breach in spite of the fact that he was found guilty of ball tampering in 2013 against Pakistan in Dubai. Most cricket fans, whether Australian or South African, however, are still divided on the issue. Some believe that the whole incident has been blown out of proportion since it's widely accepted that this kind of behaviour happens in world cricket all the time. Speaking to the media before the hearing was complete, South Africa's coach, Russell Domingo, reiterated that perhaps the ICC should look at a change of the laws of the game or at least simplify the idea of an artificial substance. If the sugar found in mint saliva is illegal, wouldn't that also apply to energy drinks with sugar in that are constantly consumed during a cricket match? I mean, you see it daily with, um, I suppose, those type of instances taking place in the field. And I don't want to talk about the instant... In about the incident too much, but it seems to be a daily occurrence in the field of play, so they might need to relook really at that should they feel it's not within the spirit of the game. Domingo went on to say that the South Africans' behaviour has also in a sense been singled out, while other teams practice similar actions with no repercussions. Earlier today, footage of India's captain, Virat Kohli, shining the ball with saliva while chewing gum during the first test against England in Rajkot made headlines. There are other teams that have maybe done similar things and we've maybe looked at one or two instances that they have done those things and those things haven't been highlighted. And I wouldn't say we've been targeted, but we've definitely been highlighted. Um, it's definitely been brought to the attention of the world. It's definitely been brought to the attention of the ICC and it's definitely been brought to our attention. Um, although it seemed pretty insignificant at the start of it all. Duplessis has 48 hours to appeal the decision and it seems likely that he will. Samantha Mari. SABC News. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. 
You know, it's wonderful that Discovery has been with this tournament for the last 14 years. You know, this is really what we're looking for in South African football, is more supporters like this to make these tournaments a reality. We need a whole lot more of this. As I said earlier here today, we need another 3 million players to be added to our numbers over the next six years. And those 3 million players will have to come from somewhere, and they come from these kinds of tournaments. And the kind of enthusiasm that has been showed here is really great for South African football. So we really wholeheartedly support this kind of initiative by the Soweto Local Football Association as well as partners like Discovery. So thank you very much to all of them for you know coming to the party and our call to make Vision 2022 a reality. That was South African Football Association Chief Executive Dennis Mumble commenting on the upcoming Discovery Walter Sulu Soccer Challenge Tournament, uh, which has produced over 3 million soccer players over the last 10 years. It's a 50-16 tournament taking place at the Soweto Nike Football Centre between the 1st and 28th of December. It's in its 14th year uh, under the current format. In the midst of Bafana Bafana's coaching problems with head coach Sheikh Mashaba still suspended, Mumble urged South African football supporters to rally behind the national team irrespective of the results because of patriotism yeah, you know, win or lose, this is still a South African team, and we must remember this is still a South African team. Win or lose, we must not go and support our teams on the basis of whether they win or lose. This is them representing their country, and we really ask the supporters to come out and, and provide, uh, you know, that extra little bit that the players need to encourage them to achieve on the field of play. I think from what I saw after the match uh, against Senegal, it's more than just a handful of players who said, what lifted them that day was the crowd in the stands. Now, if we don't have that crowd in the stands, the players will themselves not feel that enthusiastic, perhaps, and encouraged. But I think with, with uh, the support that they received in that stadium that day is what they are saying lifted them up to do their best on the day. And that happens with every single game of the national team. Wherever the team plays, we really must encourage people to come out in their numbers and to continue to support this South African team. It is not just a local team or a team that comes from a corner there somewhere. It is a South African team, and as South Africans, we really call upon all of the supporters to also come and support the South African team. That's it's really what lifts that team up. And, you know, I go back to a match that we played against the Congo there in Odi Stadium many, many years ago when we filled up that crowd, we put some, some brass bands in the stadium. After the match, you'll remember the day when Mark Fish uh, virtually disobeyed uh, the coach by, you know, going Going forward every time he gets the ball, he also wants to go. Mark Fish said after the match, you know, the reason why I wanted to do that is because the crowd was so enthusiastic. I also wanted to go and score, even though I'm a defender. That's the kind of encouragement that players get from uh, supporters. And we really want to encourage the supporters to continue to support this team. Uh, I'm very confident. I really am very confident that this team will take us to 2018. With yes. or without the same coach? This team will take us to 2018 for sure. Mumble also reiterated the importance of Bafana Bafana players staying positive about their qualification chances after Captain Tulani Slatswayo said they have their passports ready to go to Russia. It is very important that it comes from the players themselves because that's where it starts and that's where it ends. No coach will run on the field to go and score a goal. It's the players who do that. No coach goes and defends on the field. It's the players who do that. And if the players have that kind of attitude, it's just good for South African football because you set your t- yourself a target and you go and you do your best to reach that target. And, and I believe what he says. And at the rate we are going and the commitment that you saw of these players on that field uh, against Senegal, 
uh, last week, I think we will get there. Uh, I believe in uh, that they will do their best to, to get us there. Reports have surfaced that Senegal have launched an appeal to FIFA following South Africa's 2-1 win in the all-important qualifiers early this month. Mumble confirmed that Safa are also protesting the treatment received from the Senegalese. No, we are also we are also protesting the treatment that we received by you know our friends, our brothers from Senegal. It was just not good. There were a number of things that we were not happy about in the manner in which they they obviously behaved day of the match. And yes, we are going to address that issue with FIFA. I am in communication about that, and really with FIFA about that. And and really, we are going to also put our piece to it because I am not happy with the scene that we saw there at the stadium on that day. And and so yes. We, we are doing something about it. We'll probably hear more about it once we have had some kind of additional engagements with FIFA on this issue. With Bafana Bafana's next 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifier in nine months' time, Mumble says he hopes everything will be confirmed when South Africa visit Cape Verde next August ahead of their return game against Senegal. I think we're fine with where we are because, you know, we are sitting on the top of the group, literally just this, this goal difference that really makes us go a little bit, you know, behind in second place. So as far as I'm concerned, from a point standpoint, yes, we are we are joint top of the group. It's really happy that can then take uh, virtually the next nine months to, to really get ourselves even better prepared to go and, and achieve that dream of ours to get to 2018. We go to Cape Verde and then, you know, we go to Senegal as the last match. Hopefully we would pretty much tied up everything by then. That's really our target, is go out and, and try to win everything that we can uh, going forward. But I think we're happy, we are comfortable with, with the four points right now. As you see what happened in the first game in Burkina Faso, we could have also won that thing. So I am I'm really confident that uh, our team can get us to 2018. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and just a quick heads up that Centec are going to be doing some maintenance, essential maintenance work at the Barclay East transmitting station in the Eastern Cape and service interruptions will occur on SAFM as well as our sister station at Eskia on the 24th of November at uh, or between 8am and 4pm. Every endeavour will be made to limit the interruptions to the shortest time possible. In some rugby news, it looks like Willem Alberts may be a doubtful starter for the Springboks' final test match of the year against Wales at the Millennium Stadium at Cardiff on Saturday. The hulking blind side flank has set out training uh, in Cardiff earlier this morning, and according to forwards coach Matt Proudfoot, he'll be given until Thursday to prove his fitness and availability for selection. Proudfoot said that... uh, he sustained a knock to the neck against Italy and was unable to train this morning. And uh, we go to uh, Europe now where Craig Ray joins us. Craig, it's been another tough week for the box on tour and it doesn't get easier. Wales this weekend uh, in Cardiff, uh, they've got a mountain to climb, don't they? Yeah, but both sides are struggling. Brad, nice uh, to talk to you. From a freezing and cold Cardiff, I tell you, they've had torrential rain, floods, it's uh, all been happening here. So that's not uh, going to really be a factor in the game because, of course, the Millennium Stadium or the Principality Stadium, as it's now known, has a roof. And uh, that will be closed, so the weather should be fine. Yeah, a big mountain for the Springboks to climb. But, you know, Wales only escaped with a last-minute drop goal to beat Japan the other day as well. And they were thrashed by Australia. So they're having a, a torrid time themselves. But for the Springboks, it's really just a case of trying to salvage a little bit of pride out of the season. But there's also uh, world ranking points to play for, and normally that wouldn't be a big deal. 
But this year, the Springboks have now slipped down to fifth in the world rankings. And if they beat Wales, they could go back up to fourth. And that's significant because um, finishing fourth uh, could leave them as one of the top four seeds for the World Cup draw in next May. And if they're fifth, that means they're going to the sort of second group of World Cup uh, draw teams. And that means they could be, in theory, paired with New Zealand in a pool phase uh, at the Rugby World Cup 2019. So there's quite a bit riding on this game on Saturday besides Pride. Craig, we spoke about it uh, pretty much at length yesterday. Where to from here for the box? I mean, losing to Italy, you say that we have to win, but gee, we, we haven't looked like we could win anything on this tour. Well, I think, broadly speaking, this weekend I would like a win just for pride and, as I said, for those other factors. But we've got to look at the new coaching staff. I know everyone says, well, you know, there's structural issues in South African rugby, but I'm afraid the job hasn't been done well from a South African point of view. Look at Italy. They have, in the Pro 12, the, the two top teams are 11th and 12th in the 12 team standings in the Pro 12. Yet they've managed to put together a team capable of beating the Springboks. Uh, some excellent coaching, some excellent commitment. The Springboks are using all sorts of excuses. Players overseas, which, by the way, Mr. Couture is allowed to pick overseas based players, so that's not really a factor. Um, they've been using the excuse of, uh, of structural problems in South African rugby that we don't have enough depth, there's not enough synchronization between the teams, but these are not new problems. These are problems that Annika Mayer faced, that Peter de Villiers faced, that Jake White faced, and yet they were able to put together teams that were capable of beating all, you know, everyone in the world, including the all-backs at times. So, I'm afraid the planning for the Springbok season has been poor. We're into the third defense coach in, uh, you know, in ten tests. That's just good enough planning. There's a lot of issues that uh, you've got to question the coaches decisions about and uh, I'm afraid after losing to Italy which was the seventh loss in 11 tests this season his position became untenable and regardless of what happens against Wales you need a coach that's going to sort it out you need a coaching staff that's going to change the culture of the team and uh, give the Springboks an identity back and I'm afraid out of six years as much as I like him personally and it's been a difficult week because I take no pleasure in having to say these things and write these things but uh, he hasn't uh, met the standard the minimum standard required and I'm afraid there's going to be a new boom next year. And I don't know who that's going to be. That's a big million-dollar question <laughs> because uh, I don't think too many coaches are going to be lining up for this job either. <laughs> I was going to say, who wants it? Craig, great. Thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, get warm, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat uh, in the build-up to the Test match and, and afterwards and unpack the entire tour and see what happens. Thanks for your time tonight. It is 7 o'clock here on SAFM. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, don't forget, you can be in touch. Tweet us or Facebook us your thoughts. Just search for SAFM Radio. You can find me as well at Big Brad Brown across all the platforms. From myself and my producer Siobhan Chetty. Thank you so much for listening. More sport tomorrow morning on AM Live. Coming up next, it is uh, the talk shop with Lady Malayo. But first, 7 o'clock in time for your news.